Good morning, and welcome to a special release episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today we are going to be telling you guys about the disappearance of Gabby Petito. So grab your fire department coffee and let's dive in. So, Abby, along with all of our listeners, I'm assuming you guys have seen this case as it is everywhere. It is a very highly publicized case that is currently going on. There is not a ton of information. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but we wanted to do our part in getting some of the information out there so that people can be on the lookout for Gabby. The backstory kind of is that 22-year-old Gabby Petito was traveling with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, in a van cross country and they were documenting all of this on their youtube and on social media so that everybody could kind of keep up with them i know that that's been a big thing lately is a lot of people are traveling across the world in their van and it seems like it would be a lot of fun so they were just kind of taking part in that and recording it all so that they could have it as memories I did see both repeatedly, so I don't know for sure, but I did see that Brian and Gabby were boyfriend and girlfriend, and I did see that they were fiancés. I don't officially know, because I've seen both back and forth. They might have been engaged, but and then everybody was just still calling them boyfriend and girlfriend. So that's one thing I'm not 100% sure about. They left for their trip on July 2nd, and they were, like I said, they were traveling across the world. They were traveling in Utah for a bit. While they were on this trip... Gabby did talk with her family a bunch. She would call them and video chat them and text them to update them on how her vacation was going. And on August 25th, she reached out to her mom, Nicole Schmidt, and talked with her. They did a video chat just like they had been. Nothing seemed out of normal. And then there was just radio silence from Gabby. That was until August 30th when Nicole ended up receiving a text from Gabby's phone saying that she didn't have great service. At this point, it was Gabby had told her mom that they were going to be going from Utah to Grand Teton, Wyoming. Nicole continued to hear nothing from her daughter. And then on September 1st, Gabby's boyfriend, Brian, returns home to Northport, Florida, where Gabby and Brian lived with his parents. And he had their van, but he was missing Gabby. So obviously this raised some suspicions because nobody knew where Gabby was. And at this point, it had been two days since anybody had heard from her. Nicole, along with the rest of Gabby's family, tried reaching out with Brian to figure out where Gabby was, to figure out, you know, if he'd left her somewhere, if something had happened to her. And Brian refused to speak about it at all. So Nicole continued to kind of look for her daughter a little bit, but then decided that it was time to report her daughter missing. So on September 11th, 2021, Nicole reported Gabby Petito as missing. Nicole does believe that the last text that came from Gabby's phone was not actually from Gabby and could have potentially been from Brian or somebody else. I mean, at this point, he's just seeing me so suspicious for so many reasons. He it seems extremely suspicious. Which just, it doesn't get much better the more that I go on, the more information that we currently have. He just continues to seem extremely suspicious and like maybe he possibly did something to Gabby while they were on their trip. So while they were on their trip on August 12th, Gabby and Brian had been arguing and hitting each other 
in front of the Moonflower Co-op. So there was actually police called to this incident and police reported and there is body cam footage that was released if you want to go and look at it. But they said, you know, like, this is fine. It's just like we were just arguing. Don't charge anybody with anything. Like, it's not an actual domestic dispute. And so the police decided, all right, fine. And they were like, it was probably just like some sort of mental health break is what they referred to it as. And they weren't super concerned, but they're like, okay, you guys need to take the night apart from each other and then you guys are good to go. So that's what they did. They didn't charge anybody. They just said, take the night apart from each other. So that's really the only significant thing that was reported at all during their vacation. Since Brian has been home, he has refused to talk. Police did bring the van in and process it. And they said, quote, there was some material in there, end quote. And so they're going to be looking through that. That was just released on September 15th. So that is kind of newer information. And nothing's been released about what was found in the van or if there was any sort of evidence. Brian, like I said, has refused to come out and say anything. His attorney, Stephen Bertolino, did come out and say kind of a statement for Brian. And I'm just going to go ahead and read that. So this is a quote directly from the attorney. Quote, many people are wondering why Mr. Laundrie would not make a statement or speak with law enforcement in the face of Ms. Petito's absence. In my experience, intimate partners are often the first person law enforcement focuses their attention on in cases like this. And the warning that any statement made will be used against you is true, regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Ms. Petito's disappearance. As such, on the advice of counsel, Mr. Laundrie is not speaking on this matter. I've been informed that the Northport, Florida police have named Brian Laundrie as a person of interest in this matter. This formality has not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Laundrie being the focus and attention of law enforcement, and Mr. Laundrie will continue to remain silent on the advice of counsel, end quote. Which, like, fair in a sense that, you know, if all the suspicions on you, you're not going to make a statement that's going to incriminate yourself. But I think the biggest thing with this is he, like... He just does seem so suspicious. He does. And it's, yes, the fact that anything you say can make you seem incriminating, especially if you say something incriminating. But the big issue here is that Brian won't even tell family where he last saw Gabby. So they don't even specifically know where to be looking. They know that it's somewhere between Utah and Wyoming. And that's about all they know. So it's just like the lack of help is making him seem even more suspicious. I did see something that said, and I don't, I didn't put it in my notes, but it was like something along the lines of the way that he's acting has tainted his love for her. And I kind of agree. Yeah. Like if I went missing with somebody and they refused to talk about where they last saw me or something because they were afraid that they would be incriminated, I'd probably be a little upset, I think. Well, yeah. And if you're any like normal good person, like that is... If you actually love someone, you didn't harm them, like, that's above all, you know? It's just, this isn't how you act if you're, like, if your significant other goes missing or something happens, you're concerned and want to find them. You don't do this. I think that that is definitely what people would expect for somebody to do in this situation. That's exactly what I would expect for somebody to do. So it is just extremely strange the way that he's acting in regards to what's occurring. There are a lot of people speculating on everything with this case. We are not going to go into 
all of the suspicions and all of the theories and everything because there's just so much and there's not really anything to go off of that these theories are necessarily being formed on at this moment just because it is so active right now and it's all over social media there's an extreme amount of theories there is one though that police have actually said they are keeping in mind just to see if there is any sort of connection so i'm going to briefly go over that on friday august 13th in moab utah a newlywed couple 24 year old kyleen schultz and 38 year old crystal turner had left a bar in moab and then days later they were found dead at a campsite near moab so if you guys remember this is one day after gabby and brian had gotten into their altercation in the same area so police find it slightly suspicious they also find it suspicious because kyleen schultz who was murdered worked at the moonflower right where gabby and brian had gotten into their dispute so police are keeping this in mind to see if there's any sort of connection between the murders of kyleen and crystal and the disappearance of gabby but at this point they don't have anything so that is pretty much all the information that we have regarding her disappearance other than like i said some speculations and some theories but i will give you guys gabby's description gabby is white about five feet five inches tall 110 pounds with blonde hair blue eyes and several tattoos she has one on her finger and one on her forearm that reads let it be if you guys have any information regarding gabby or where she could be located you guys can call a national hotline set up by the fbi at 1-800-225-5324 to report any tips or sightings the mystery has been solved here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.